This is Jerry Audio back at y'all with another podcast and Happy New Year to all of my current listeners. Um, for those of you that have me subscribed on your RSS feeds and Spotify and all that, a huge thank you. You guys have been keeping my numbers decent and I just I live for y'all. I appreciate y'all so much. Today's topic is literally about users. Over the course of my life, I've come across a lot of different deceptive people. There are those that will ask with the intent to return, and there are those that will ask and ask and ask until you have nothing to give, and then they dispose of you. And they'll do this without thought, and they have been doing this. And they see no error. But when it's done to them, oh, it's a Facebook post. It's a Snapchat story. It's an Instagram post. They beat that shit into the ground like their whole yard is completely clean. There's no debris or skeletons. And I cannot stand the thought of somebody being abused, let alone taken advantage of. Because to me, they go hand in hand. Um, family and friends, you know, the people that are closest and dearest to our hearts, they tend to be the ones that we cannot seem to say no to because of either the bond, the connection, maybe there's love there, maybe not. Maybe it's because they run their mouths and they kind of want, you know what I'm saying, everyone to know (laughs) that you're either big money or... You know what I'm saying? That you have resources that you don't want to share. So then that tarnishes your image in everyone else's eyes. And then you get the, um, (laughs) you get people saying things behind your back like, oh, you think you better than because you have X, Y, and Z. And that's literally not it. Um, even when it comes down to relationships and marriages, you, it sucks when you find yourself in partnership or in a relationship with someone that literally can only see you as, resources and I see you as a person um the whole (laughs) well this is your wife or this is your husband thing none of that really matters when it comes down to morality because you still should treat your partner like a partner and there is nothing else that you can say against that other than the fact that you should be able to give and take that's what a relationship is that's what a partnership is outside of work you don't you don't owe anybody any of your time literally you don't owe anybody a damn thing including your family or friends so if noah's what's on the plate then guess what serve nose to everybody tell them get a fork and a spoon or a knife and enjoy because in our lifetime we are expected to be at some point parents But not even just parents. We're going to get old one day. We're expected to be able to survive. You know what I'm saying? We have to be able to take care of ourselves until we're no longer here. What good are you to yourself if everything you have, you give away? Take this podcast and apply this to your life because these are life lessons that I've had to learn. It's okay to say no. It's okay to say no because you have. Because what's going to happen if you don't have and they don't have? Y'all both out back. 
So if I can't ask the same of you that you can of me, don't ask me for shit. Period. This is Jenny Audio Back at Y'all with another podcast, and this one is actually a story time. So there was a girl that I was friends with. I can't say her name, so I'll call her Vacuum. Vacuum and I met at work. We met because I'm generally a friendly person on some days. Some days I'm not. But she and I struck up a a friendship because um, I thought she was pretty. She has a nice figure. So, you know, at some point we kind of became cool. In the midst of us becoming cool, she had a problem with another person who is now my close friend. So we'll call her Mirror. So Vacuum and Mirror were roommates. They had their own situation going on. At some point, Mirror and I were cool, but then we fell out because of he say, she say. We'll get back to that. But Vacuum and I, we were on. You know, we were talking on the phone. We were texting. Um, She kind of annoyed me because she doesn't really complete a thought in one message. It becomes a table of contents, if you get my drift. So... Over time, she began to call me her best friend. Now, my personal experience with calling people best friend, that's a title that carries a lot of weight. To me, best friend carries about as much weight as a family member because nine times out of ten, this is somebody that may have been there for you um, during a certain period of your life, whether it was traumatic or maybe a time of your life where you just needed a friend. And they became the closest thing to you. And so you became their best friend and, you know what I'm saying, them yours. So for us, because of the time in our lives, we were younger. um, I was in a relationship. I was not happy. And she and I kind of became, you know, close friends. Um, Over time, you know, she really began to annoy me because there are those friends that get possessive. And that's not it for me. I I don't like possessive friends. Now, possessive partners, that's sexy. You said, if I talk to him again, you're going to knock my head off. Oh, knock it off, daddy. But no, kidding. I'm kidding. But no, she really had an issue with any outside friends, especially ones of the job. She would throw her little, her little shade and would say things like, well, they weren't really looking at you as the best friend until we became friends. And I'm like, niece, I've been on. You know what I'm saying? It It's not even that deep. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's really not that deep. Um, we went to dinner I think once or twice. Um, in a movie, which was cool, but she annoys me. But you know, I didn't want to feel like I was being mean to her a lot of the time. So a lot of the stuff she did would, you know, they would drive me up a wall. But I still, you know, we were, we were friends. You know what I'm saying? Um, I did not look at her as a best friend. Because of someone else. Now, I'm foul for that because that had nothing to do with her. And in turn, I ended up hurting her. So, fast forward, there was a, a year um, that was pretty interesting for me and, and her. Um, um, a situation had occurred where um, I became intoxicated. We were on the phone and I had let her know, not in a mean way, I didn't look at her as a best friend. I looked at her as just a friend. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really want to give that title away because I had my own best friends that at the time I was off and on with. 
Now, again, this has nothing to do with her, and I'm wrong for that, and I'll own that. But as the story concludes, you'll see why I'm glad I did what I did. So, she decided that she would distance herself from me. Okay, understandably so. I hurt you. I got it. I, I totally commend you for being up front and letting me know what I did was foul and you're going to keep your distance for a little while until you can heal and figure out if you still want to be my friend. I'm an adult just like you are. I get it. I'm holding myself accountable. This bitch. So her birthday rolls around. Okay. Now, I was asked to make buffalo dip. So I made that. Here's the thing. The party was to start at 8. Okay, it's 6.30, 7 o'clock. I'm ironing my clothes, blasting my music, you know, doing me, do what I do. So, I'm listening to my music and then my phone dings on the Facebook event uh, page. She had the time set for 8, I think, until, or like 8 to midnight, something to that effect. Um, But I had already informed her that I had to work the next day at 10 a.m. So, I wouldn't be able to stay out that long. So, it's 7.30-ish, almost 8. She pushes the time back last minute to 9 o'clock. I'm a little irritated because that's not what, you know what I'm saying? That's not what the plan was. So, I'm sitting up here like, okay, that's cool. I'll just bullshit until. You know what I'm saying? I'm good at that. So, it's 8.45. The uh, party was at a hotel up the street. It wasn't going to take me long to get there. Hmm. I get dressed. <laughs> get in my car. You know, I'm contacting my friends. Where y'all at? They were en route. So we were to all arrive at the same time. Because, again, it's a hotel party. So, you know, the host, they'll already be there. Y'all just got to get y'all selves there. You know what I'm saying? So I get there. It's nine. My Co-worker slash friend, he pulls up. So we're sitting there looking stupid. A couple minutes go by. Another friend pulls up. So we're here. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure there's more people coming. But, you know, we're here. We're the early birds. I, again, to remind you, have to work the next day. So, boom. She informs us that her and her now husband have to go and get pizza. Now, let me refresh y'all, because I'm going to try to follow this one. You push the time back an hour later from the time previous to 9 o'clock. It's almost 9.30. Why are you just now going to get pizza? Don't worry about it. It gets worse. So, we're sitting in my friend's car, you know, listening to music, popping shit. It's January. It's cold. Ain't nobody finna sit outside in that cold, uh, that cold air. That's how you get sick. So we sit in the car in the heat, boom, burning gas, because you know we burning heat, so we burning gas, ultimately. So we're sitting there, each one of us, literally, within 20 minutes of each other, call her. Hey, what's the status? Oh, we still waiting on pizza. Okay, cool. Waiting on pizza. Okay. So, it's going on 11 now. We've been in this car almost an hour and a half. She comes back. With pizza. Now, before I get into the rest of this story, in your mind, if this is a party, you would have a sufficient amount of food. On top of, I'm going to remind you, I made buffalo dip. 
you would have enough food to feed your party, right? At least enough to have for you to enjoy. Maybe you want seconds. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be a blunt, some lick. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get hungry again. I'm a greedy bitch. I'm going to eat again. Of course. Absolutely. So, <sighs> we get out of my friend's car. This bitch has two pizzas. That silence is me trying to still process it years later. We sat in this car almost two hours for two fucking pieces. We could have went to Walmart and got the goddamn door rolled that bitch out on that counter, got some sauce, some cheese, some, some, some pepperonis, and did that shit ourselves, okay? Chef homeboy in the building. I'm not understanding why the hell we were sitting. <sighs> Whatever. We'll get upstairs to the room. Nine times of the ten, we play games when we go to parties. That's that's the norm now. We play. You get bored scrolling on your phone, laughing at people doing TikTok dances. That shit gets boring. So we sitting up here. We like, okay, boom, we are gonna eat. But I'm looking at the pieces and I'm looking at the sizes and I'm like, bitch. So I guess it's one slice per person. What in the elementary school hell is happening? So I get a slice. One of pepperoni, one of cheese, because that's all that was there. And I had none of my dip because I don't want to eat all her food. She don't have shit. Then they had some of the most premature, I'm talking about microscopic wings. And it looked like it might have been 12 of those. Who the hell are you feeding? I said, well, I guess I'll get one wing, one slice of pizza, and I'm going to sit my happy ass down. Because I'm probably going to be hungry again when I leave. Because this here... You better not smoke no weed. Because, baby, you're going to die. You don't have nothing to eat. Barely got shit to drink. We got all this alcohol. You're going to die. Absolutely. So we play our games. Um, My ex and their friends show up. Everybody's parlaying. We're having fun. Mind you, I told her I had to work the next day. You were late. So I'm about to go. It's about midnight, which is when I said I was going to go, which was the time the party was supposed to originally end. Again, you were late. So I'm heading out. I didn't know everybody was going to head out with me again. This is your party, not mine. I have nothing to do with everybody else's actions. I'm an adult. You know what I'm saying? So were they. So we get ready to go. <laughs> and I go to my car and I go home. Everybody know I was home safe. I did not know that she had beef with me over that until we were at work and it came out in a meeting with her and another friend that she felt like I wanted to control her party. So I made you push the time back, made you order two measly ass pizzas and made you late for your party. You right. And I made everybody leave. You right. That's my fault. You're perfect. You did everything to the fucking book. Congratulations, niece. So, I'm sitting up here like, why am I on trial? And then she put it out there. She was still hurt behind me, kind of stepping down from the best friend role. Okay, I understand that. I, I accept that. But you are carrying this. So... Long story short, she wants more space. Okay, well, bitch, stay on your side. I stay on mine at this point. I don't even want to be your friend no more. <sighs> Push come to shove. 
she had another event. I think it was that same weekend. <laughs> it was at an arcade. I had already informed her at the time I had limited funds. So I couldn't, because when I go to places like that, I like to get a drink, get some food, and, you know, splurge a little bit on the games. Otherwise, why am I here? She felt some kind of way because nobody came. So, again, I guess that's my fault, too, that you have no friends. Okay. So, long story short, we severed the friendship because at that time, I was literally over her and her shit. Like, literally, you're older than me and you act like a child. Don't get me wrong. We had some good times. You know what I'm saying? We talked shit with the best and about the best. That was how we bonded. But maybe that's, that was the problem right there. Because when you meet people in mess, you end up leaving because of the mess. And it got messy. She started talking shit about me, telling people that I was a fake friend and all this other crazy shit. I'm like, you know what? You're right. I'm a fake friend. I'm a fake ass bitch. So what does that make you? You let me know what that makes you. And then we'll be able to break even. But at the end of the day, I own the fact that I was not the best friend that I could have been. But I also need to hold you accountable because not only were you already on the outs with me, you tried to drag me to everybody that would listen to make me look bad. Whole time, you were making yourself look bad because I had already told them the truth. So, congratulations, you played yourself. And to this day, it's fuck this bitch forever because she taught me something about myself that I'll always remember and that is that I have to learn to open my mouth and set boundaries for people. Otherwise, the fuckery continues. You know what I'm saying? She got hurt. I own that. That's my fault. You know what I'm saying? I already apologized to her for that. But everything else, I'm not sorry for. You can eat shit if you're waiting on me to apologize for that. If you're waiting on an apology for some shit that you did, I pray that you keep oxygen and food and shelter because you won't get it waiting for me. <laughs> you won't get it, love. <laughs> this is JDA Audio back at y'all with another podcast. Damn, I almost forgot my own name. Wow. <laughs> so this podcast is solely about myself. Um, my experience with being gay. So I came out when I was 16. <clears throat> and that was a, a little while ago. But when I came out, I came out because I was exhausted. How do people stay in the closet for years? I can't do it. Um, it's cramping there. So many people in there. But no, I um I came out. Um I was I had a crush on a boy. He's now deceased. Um, but I really wanted to I didn't want to feel like everybody else and just keep hiding myself. Um, to all the bullies, fuck you, because I did not know I was gay yet. But um, I guess I should thank y'all, because, you know, character development. But I literally did not know what I wanted. And guys, I was still trying to figure out myself. Um, I had grown my hair out, and that was a part of my identity. But eventually, my hair got really thin from over-maintenance. And I really, I had to shed that. I had to let my hair go. It took a lot out of me. I thought that when I let my hair go, that I was going to be less attractive. I grew my hair out for the sole purpose to look more attractive. 
Growing up, being the slightly feminine friend, family member, classmate, people are always picking and judging. Why do you talk like that? I have a lisp. I was born with it. Literally, I was born with a lisp. I didn't know why when I said certain words, why my tongue did what it did. Um, people call it talking with your tongue, which is the most ignorant statement I've ever heard. Because there are not just gay people with lisps, there are straight people with lisps. So it's like you're picking on somebody for something they can't, you know what I'm saying, help. Like if I walked around picking on people who didn't have fathers or steady income or really any common sense, you know what I'm saying, that would be fucked up, right? Because you can't help that. But kids are assholes. Be not deceived. Your kid is probably an asshole because your child is not going to act the way they do around their friends in front of you. So please teach your kids to be kind to those that are different from them because if not, they're going to get their ass beat. They will. Um. So I just feel like um my parents, you know, my support system, they probably did not expect that from me. Um with the Mariah Carey and the Cheetah Girls and putting a towel around my hair, pretending it was hair. They probably had no idea. Um, but when I came out, like I said, I was 16. I was young. I wasn't even, you know what I'm saying, a quarter of the way through. I was still a child. Um, unfortunately, around 16 is when I became privy to pedophiles. Um, around the age of 17, I had met one. Um, I actually lost my virginity to one. Yes. I was 17 years old. Um, in my previous podcast, you hear me talk about that in depth. Not doing that on this one. But um, I had no shape at the time. I just looked like a boy, a young boy with long hair. And for some men, it kept them in the mind state that they were still masculine because I was feminine. You know, I didn't. I don't believe in wearing women's clothing and lipstick, lashes, and all that, carrying the purse. I don't believe in doing that for myself. That's not who I am. It's not what I do. Um, no shade to those that do, because that's not what that was. That was not shade. That was just me expressing my truth. It's not for me. Um, for those men that I entertained that were in their 20s and 30s and 40s, shame on you. Um, but they they knew my age. They knew how old, they knew how old I was. I never I lied about my age one time to one person, and we didn't have a significant age gap. I just wanted to feel grown, and I I never said I was over eighteen. I said I was seventeen when I was sixteen. That's that's the worst you got. I mean, for those of you that told people y'all was nineteen and twenty, but y'all were only twelve, yeah, that was a jab at y'all. Terrible, but anyway, I was one of those kids that would lie to their parents about where I was going, who I would be with. And by the grace of God, nothing traumatic physically happened to me. Mentally, yes, but physically, no. Nobody ever did anything to me that I didn't want to happen. Um, as a child, I didn't have high self-esteem because I always had somebody saying something. You know what I'm saying? In turn, I became them. I became the judgy opinionated, you know what I'm saying, unnecessarily mean person. Because I didn't have to be mean. What am I being mean for? It's already happening to me, so why am I doing it? Um, aside from being molested, I really felt like I was not attractive. Factor in 17 years old getting all this attention, it becomes addictive. 
It does. It gets very addictive when a grown man looks at you like an adult, one, two, gives you the attention that you didn't get as a kid. Let's face it, everybody likes attention. Nobody wants to feel less than or unattractive. Nobody. I don't care if you look like Beyonce or if you look like a bowel movement that I probably released earlier this morning. Nobody wants to feel unwanted. No one wants that feeling. So when you're a teenager like myself living in the city and somebody that you've never met gives you the compliments and the self-esteem that you did not have for yourself, you run towards it, you know? Um, dating older men had its ups and its downs. Ups, they have cars, they have money. I mean, it's not like I'm, I come from nothing. I don't. I, I have parents that have been well-off, well-established people. Never wanted for anything. You know what I'm saying? But it wasn't about that. It was about acceptance. It was about just feeling, just feeling okay with being myself. Not somebody looking at me wanting to change anything or down me. Just wanted somebody to say, you like you you have nice hair, you have a nice attitude. Somebody to pick me up. You know, sometimes when people have been so mean and so just rough on you, you start to do it to yourself so that the next person that does it can't hurt you as bad. You know, when you're a teenager and you're coming into yourself you get you gain friends and you lose friends but you gain people that you think love and accept you not people that you think want to get close to you to talk about you and that's ultimately what happens between freshman year and senior year you lose some people drop out some die some stop fucking with you some stop fucking with you because they don't want to really deal with anybody at school. Some don't fuck with you because they just don't like you and how you are. Some some guys that may or may not be secure in their sexuality may either try to touch you and get you to do stuff with them, either behind the lockers, in the bathrooms, at their house, your house, public parks, playgrounds, locker rooms. Sometimes when they get that out of you, they start to disrespect you, try you in front of people, try to fight you, bully you, make rumors up, expose you, take your news, text messages, screenshot them, and put you on blast. Just ultimately try to humiliate and down you. Or some will befriend you because they have gay family members and they understand how it is. And those become your lifelong friends. You cling to those kind of people because they let you know you're not invisible. I see you. I see who you are, and I accept that. I'm cool with it. You know what I'm saying? And it's unconditional. They're not worried about who looking at them and who's seeing y'all being friends and hugging and maybe being a shoulder to lean on to cry on when no one else is around. They don't see or care that people will start to whisper, why are they so close? Those are the kind of people that I love. I have quite a few of those in my life now, and they get my utmost respect because... Just because they're secure in that masculinity and they don't date men means that they can still be my friend in front of those people. You respect those kind of people. You do. Um, also being gay, you kind of figure out your morals. Like the dating my friend's baby daddy, dating my friend's boyfriend, or dating somebody that my friend likes. 
Unfortunately, not everybody is as strong in themselves and they fall. And things happen. You know what I'm saying? You do these things, you make these mistakes so that you don't do them again. You know what I'm saying? You never want to go behind a friend's back and mess with anybody that they have messed with. That's not fair. That's actually one of the most low-down things you can do to a friend. But, like I explained, you don't realize that until after it's done. Sometimes you know better before, sometimes you don't. It all depends on your moral compass. Not everybody has one. Sometimes you gotta do things that you shouldn't be doing to figure out why you shouldn't be doing it. I'm sorry. You know what I'm saying? A cat has nine lives, we got one. Oh well. You know what I'm saying? All you can do is learn and grow. That's all you can do until you're dead. And when you know better, try to do better. Because sometimes you know better and do wrong anyway because it suits you and other people. That's narcissism. What I'm talking about is an average human being that wants to make good choices and do right by people because they want good karma to come to them. Those are the people I'm talking to. Not y'all narcissistic assholes. I'm not talking to y'all. Y'all can do no wrong. In y'all eyes or anybody else's. Oh, well. But for me being gay, like I explained, it's literally from the from the cradle to the grave. You just want to be accepted. You know what I'm saying? If you are overweight, unfortunately, sometimes you can get warm welcomes. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can get dates. Sometimes you can't. But you have to be securing yourself because if you're not securing yourself, you'll attract people that will just tend to try you and use you and abuse you because they see that you're not secure. So they'll take you and they'll drag you. You know what I'm saying? They'll manipulate you. They'll even marry you with the sole purpose to control you because you don't have high self-esteem. Maybe you didn't have nobody to say, I love you and you're doing a good job. So they'll do it to get you close. Then once they have you close enough, they'll abuse you. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? Being gay is not for everybody. Some people literally have committed suicide because of either ridicule from family members and friends and church members. Or because they're just canceling the process. This thing about themselves that society hates so much that they literally felt like the only option they had was to commit suicide. That's not the answer. You know, they have support groups. I wouldn't mind being somebody's uh, friend that was coming to terms with themselves because I'll explain to you, like, I don't have all the answers. I don't. But what I can give you is my past and explain why I did certain things or what happens with certain things to certain people so that you can make better decisions. A lot of things in our past, we wish we could go back and change, which we, but we can't. Once it's done, it's done. Unfortunately, our parents don't really tell us this, but there is no undo. You know what I mean? Um, at my current age, which I don't have to say because if you listen, you know. Um, I have learned that there is a lot of jealousy amongst the community, straight and gay, bi, trans, questioning, the whole nine. There's a lot of envy and jealousy. There's either the the envy from straight people because they feel that, you know what I'm saying, we have privilege. There is the envy of other gays in the gay community because it's always like a competition to see who can be the meanest, who can be the richest, who can be the loudest, who can pull the most niggas. 
That's not life. Literally, all of that shit is superficial. I mean, at the end of the day, does it really matter how much money you have? How many friends you've cut off? Does that shit really matter? No, it doesn't. If you've rubbed elbows with celebrities or not, it doesn't matter. It's about how many hearts you touch, how many people you inspire to be good people. That's what God would appreciate more in all of us. I mean, really. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't care how much love you got for a celebrity or how much you ride for them because that's superficial. It doesn't matter. You know what I mean? And I find that a lot of times, a lot of women don't like gay men looking at their men. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes there are women that will give you that look and it's like, well, babe, if he's secure in himself and you're secure in him, I shouldn't be a threat. You know what I'm saying? That's that's literally my motto. If he's good over there with you, I'm not a threat. If you put a crackhead in a crack house, they're going to do crack. Okay? If you put an alcoholic in the ABC store, nine times out of ten, he'll get some liquor. If you put a straight man in a gay presence, nothing should change. Nothing. He should still be okay. He ain't even got to speak. He should be okay. Now, if he folds, then you got a bigger issue. And the issue ain't the gay guy. The issue is your dude. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. (laughs) This is Jedi Audio back at y'all with another podcast. So... I decided to go ahead and do a co-workers part three because for some reason my co-workers like these. <laughs> so, I'm trying to figure out in my mind what the fuck made it okay for people to not work. People literally clock in to clock in. I mean, just holding up progress. You know, they take long breaks. Now, don't get me wrong. Everybody takes breaks. Everybody stays a little bit longer than they should in the break room, okay? Break room supervisor, whoop, whoop. But the sole purpose is to be productive. Why not be productive and take your breaks? Why not help the business? The business pays bills, does it not? And let's face it. It's a hundred people that can out literally outwork you. I ain't seen them yet, but they're out there. You know what I'm saying? They're willing to do your job and work circles around you to ultimately replace you. So why not come to work and do your best every day? Better yet, stop coming to work looking for pussy. It's plenty of pussy out here for you to eat and consume and play in and play around, play under, and play between. That shit needs to stay outside. Because y'all act like sexual harassment suits don't go to court. <laughs> y'all act like it's it, shit, it's really sweet out here. You know what I'm saying? Unfortunately, a lot of sexual assault victims do have their stories swept under the rug because either their aggressor has power, rank, or some kind of hold on the business or the company, and they know who they can communicate with to get some things moved around. I don't want to go into details because I don't want to put nobody's business out there. But it's, it's some grimy, trifling-ass people out here that literally get off on raping their co-workers, knowing nothing's going to happen. I mean, not just raping. Excuse me. I should have used a different term. But assaulting and harassing 
their co-workers and nothing happens to them because of who they are. I'm one of them. So the fact that people can aggressively harass and assault people and it doesn't go like by any kind of moral code or not even so much as a write-up or a termination. Like what happened to me happened a year and some change ago. But it still affects me because I still don't like to go in the bathroom with other people in it. Because of what happened to me. I don't really want to get into it. But people really, they really go out here looking for sex in any place. Work, church, grocery stores. To me, that's so cringy. It's cringy as hell. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, no one wants to walk around feeling like a piece of meat or like they're going to get assaulted and not feel like, like I did, like they had no voice because when we spoke or if we speak, y'all treat it like it's not that serious or y'all turn it. You know what I'm saying? Sorry to say it like this, but I'm going to be all the way real with it because I'm not Caucasian. My case was not handled. It didn't matter. It's almost like he's gay. That's what he likes. That's how I felt I was treated. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that is not only offensive, but it's disrespectful and it's illegal. Because you wouldn't go around feeling like, well, all women, because of the way they dress, should be raped at work or at home or at the club or at church or at the grocery store or any kind of public setting. That's not okay. But again, it's it's almost like people are getting away with murder because you're you're literally taking a part of a person away from them. You're taking away that security that they need to feel okay in public. And you're doing it for free because nothing happens to you, but it's them being charged emotionally. Okay, you're sentencing them a lifetime of possible trauma. You know what I'm saying? By the grace of God, I wasn't raped. Because then I probably would have tore that fucking building up. But I was grabbed. And ultimately, not I felt not I wasn't believed. And then when I would bring it up, people forgot about it. <laughs> and that, that shit alone is why I don't like to talk about it. Because when it was brought back up, it was almost like it never happened. Mind you, this happened at work. So, just just be careful, you guys. You know what I'm saying? Ladies, if y'all are working late, please make sure that you cut a flashlight on on your phone or something to let people see you come across that parking lot at night. If it's a little bit of a walk, make sure either somebody's standing there watching you, making sure. Text someone. Get on the phone. Matter of fact, call someone to talk to while you're walking to your car. There are people that are literally standing in parking lots of different Walmarts and Targets and malls because they know what time the malls and the stores are closing now. So they know when to pull up. They know who to look for. If you're a routine person, they study you. They see what time you get off, what time you go here, what time you go there, what you do every Tuesday, what you do every Thursday. They're studying. Many of y'all aren't safe either. You're getting robbed and shot to death sometimes in broad daylight. These people really don't give a fuck about none of that shit. And it's scary. It's so scary. And unfortunately, police can't get to these things fast enough. You know what I'm saying? They just can't. 
You know what I'm saying? Either there's not enough on, you know what I'm saying, staff-wise, or they're too busy shooting innocent people. Sorry, not sorry. 